All right, I'll go now, yeah? Yeah. Now? Yeah. Now? Yeah. Now? Oh, God. Now. Two friends just made a podcast. Two good friends just made a podcast. Two friends just made a podcast. It's called Culture Bucket. Two friends just made a podcast. Two good friends just made a podcast. Two friends just made a podcast. Culture Bucket, Georgia Hi, welcome back to Culture Bucket. This is the podcast where two best friends uh, discuss and talk about all the pop culture that they've been uh, absorbing, uh, with particular focus on a different topic each week. This week we're going to be looking at uh, Stranger Things. Rewind the first three volumes um, in time for next week, next episode, which will be a big blowout review of Volume 4, which was the biggest thing in the world uh, this year on Netflix. Which is where you can watch Stranger Things. So we'll get to that later. But before that, we've got our usual culture catch up where we talk about what we've been doing. Uh, then we've got our MyTube where we look, watch some upcoming film trailers and things like that. And then we'll get into our big discussion. And I am your host, George. And with me is your other host, Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, George. Hi, everyone. How are you doing today, Hi. George? Great. <laughs> I have a sore throat today, so I apologise if I sound bad. Um, it's not this time due to a recording issue, it's due to a uh, medical condition. Yeah, so, apologize. I apologise for the, the, the sound quality in the last episode. Yeah, but you shouldn't because it was my fault. But, uh, sorry, I tried my best to make you sound better than you did. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Um, Your hair's still looking great though. Thank you. I'm going to get it trimmed before the summer starts properly. Yes. Um, To be as. I might just shave it all off completely. No, no. Go back and say, can I have it short like you did the last time? It's so hot. I can't bear the heat. But how amazing that in three weeks and one day, I'm going to see your face. That is amazing. I'm going to hug your. uh, Well, I'm not just going to see your face. I'm going to hug your face. I'm going to hug your. Your body. Yes, please. <laughs> but in two days, uh, it might be 40 degrees in the UK. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, I'll die. So you might not get to hug me. <laughs> please don't die. It's been so long. I have to see you. 40 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's already hit Italy and it's not pleasant. No, As you can see, I've got a very shiny face. And uh, it's uh, it's uh, it, it, amazing. My freezer is full of calippos. Calippos. Yeah. What's your favorite uh, flavor, calippo? Well, I've got I've got the I've got the cola flavor. The best flavor. No, I've got the orange flavor. That is not the best flavor. And I've got my personal favorite flavor, the lime flavor. Oh, I've never mm. tried lime. Always like lime. Always like mint. Oh no, mint ice, ice lollies are the worst yes, please. thing yes, please. in yes, please. the world. Yes, Never mind. <laughs> um, although mint ice cream is mint ice cream and lime lollies because mint lollies aren't 
They just taste like toothpaste. Yeah. I don't know if you get if you get a mint lolly. Yeah, you ca- here you can. In Italy, you can definitely get mint lollies. Oh, no, you definitely can in Europe. Yeah, I might have had mint lollies before. No, they're nice. Actually. No, they're horrific. It's like uh, mouthwash. Frozen That's mouthwash. Great. <laughs> so, I think you started last time. Yes, I did. Yeah, so, shall I start this Yes, week? of course. Okay, good. We're going to do culture catch-up. Yeah. Play the jingle. This is culture catch up time. This is where we talk about what we've watched, what we've read, what we've listened to, and probably some other stuff. And um, <laughs> uh, last week we did our favourite Nat- 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 Natalie Portman films. <laughs> um, yeah. Two weeks ago. So this week, Two weeks ago, and so this week I have a Natalie Portman film to review. Yeah, Thor: Love and Thunder. Yeah, I haven't managed to go and watch it. Fair play. I won't spoil it. Um, it is the latest movie in the Thor franchise, the the fourth Thor film, the fourth Thor film, and it follows the adventures of Thor Odin's son as he attempts to. Um, well, he didn't really care about his love life in the last movie, but this movie opens um, with the insistence that he's lovelorn and in, 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 um, misses uh, his, his one true love, Jane Foster, who we last saw in Thor The Dark World back in 2012 or mm. something, years and years ago. No, l- later than that, but 2013 or 14? Anyway, he misses her a lot. He's very, very sad and upset, he's decided, and... Um, he is hanging about with the Guardians of the Galaxy doing space adventures. Then we cut to Jane Foster. She is very sick. She is dying. And she is potentially saved, or is she, by um, Thor's hammer Mjolnir, which was destroyed in Thor Ragnarok, but reforms to turn Jane Foster into the Mighty Thor, mm. resulting in there being two Thors. Amongst all of this... We have got a man named Gore, whose daughter tragically dies in the middle of a desert in the opening scene of the movie, played by Christian Bale. He wanders into an oasis where he discovers the god that he has dedicated his life to worshipping, who doesn't care that his daughter has died, and merely wants to sacrifice Gore um, to himself. Gore is then approached by a sword that appears to have some sort of a psychic power, uh, called the Necro Sword that gives him all sorts of powers to kill gods, and he becomes Gore the God Butcher, and his mission becomes to kill all gods. And then, um, obviously, what, what with Thor being a god, they 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 come to heads at some point in the movie, and uh, Thor has to defeat Gore the God Butcher and deal with the reemergence of his lost love Jane, and also visiting uh, Zeus, played by Russell Crowe, doing a Greek accent that sounds more like an Italian accent. Oh. Bellissimo. Yeah, uh, I, I am a Zeus. I have a lightning <laughs> bolt. He's literally doing that. It's very... <laughs> but I think it's meant to be funny. It's very strange. <laughs> Seeing Russell Crowe do some kind of... Apparently it's a play on some kind of famous Australian comedian from the 80s that he's meant to sound like, but no one outside of Australia will, will be aware of that. And it just sounds like a bad accent. Zeus, <laughs> a lightning bolt. I like, I like... Um, very much. Exactly. Good. Um, what 
how many different things did I just describe then while I was talking about the plot? Quite a few. Like, in fact, yeah. I've got, I got lost. When you said sword and Zeus and Greek, I was like, what? It's not a complicated film. It's fairly simple. But it is disjointed and the pacing is all over the place. Because mm. you, you, you open with him with the Guardians of the Galaxy. But then within about 10 minutes, the Guardians of the Galaxy are like, well, we're going to go off and do... A Guardians Volume Three, I reckon. So you stay here um, and do your Thor movie, and then we'll join up again for the next big team up movie. So the Guardians disappear, which kind of makes it feel like when at the end of Avengers Endgame, when Thor's like, "I'm going to go and do adventures with the Guardians of the Galaxy," the ultimate out, the only point of that appears to be to add ten minutes onto the runtime of this movie at the start. Mm. That we didn't really doesn't really achieve anything. Um, we're told repeatedly that Gore is this very powerful god butcher and he's going around to get the universe murdering gods. Uh, throughout the movie, we see him kill one god, which doesn't exactly build him up to be this uh, particularly terrifying villain. So he's kind of played incredibly well by Christian Bale because he does everything, everything he does, he does well, but doesn't particularly earn his place as a, as a big-time uh, bad guy. And, yeah, I was pretty... It was one of those movies where, as as I was watching it, I was laughing and enjoying it and having a good time. And then when it finished, I was like, that was pretty good. And then every day since, I've kind of soured on it a little bit more. And to the point now, I'm kind of like, what a disappointing film. Oh, no. Yeah. I went back in. I think I gave it four stars out of five on Letterboxd when I came out. And I went back in and put it down to three stars out of five, which is a more accurate um, rendition. Hmm. Which is disappointing because it's you know it's it's Thor it's Taika Waititi he you know he's meant to be amazing he, you know everything he does is great usually but I, I don't know I think they've kind of missed missed it on this one a bit the shining light being Natalie Portman who's really good in it Christian Bale's really good in it Russell Crowe is doing something in it Chris Hemsworth is huge in it and you know is is mm. he's good at playing that character now I think it all comes down to the pacing and the writing and the directing which kind of all comes under one man. Um, unfortunately. That's such a shame. It is a shame. It's a big shame. Mm. But there we go. Um, that was the only big thing I had for Culture Catch-Up. Also, there's a new Black Midi album that's just hit, Hellfire, which is some kind of a concept album. I've listened to it a couple of times, and it's Black Midi. If you don't know them, they are sort of a post-punk, jazz, rock trio thing. Their music is pretty aggressively strange. Uh, but I really enjoy it, and this seems like more of the same from them, which has resulted in, I think, the weakest reviews they've had for an album so far because their whole thing should be that they're always different, and this doesn't sound particularly different to their other stuff, but it's still enjoyable. I liked it. So Black Midi Hellfire is, is, seems like a good album. Uh, the third season of The Boys on Amazon Prime Video finished uh, a week or so ago. Um, probably maybe the best season I've done so far. If no one, If you haven't watched The Boys before... It is. Have you watched or heard of the boys, Alex? No, not at all. It's um. So it's on Amazon Video. It's based on a comic book series which I tried to read this week, uh, which is um, the first. No, probably not the first time, but one of the biggest times I've ever really genuinely thought that the film or TV show in this case is way better than the than the than the source mm. material is based on. The comic book is awful. Um, but I'm not talking about that, I'm talking about the TV series. It's basically set in a world where superheroes are um, commodified and treated like celebrities. 
So there is a version of the Avengers or the Justice League called The Seven, led by a version of Superman called Homelander. But in this world, he is a narcissistic, sociopathic, vain lunatic mm. who um, cares very little for human life. If that reminds you of a recent US president, that is very much mm-hmm. intended in the um, in the satire of the show. Um, and it follows a group of uh, well, a team called who called themselves the Boys, led by Billy Butcher, who's played amazingly by Carl Urban, doing some kind of is it Australian? Is it Cockney accent? Who knows? But it's something wild. Um, and Huey, played by Jack Quaid, who's Dennis Quaid's son, but yeah. is, a, is a pretty great actor in his own right. Um, the first episode of season one opens with Huey um, losing his girlfriend because this world's version of the Flash, who's called A Train, runs through her accidentally. And she explodes in a big bloody red mist. And Huey's left stood on the side of the road holding just her hands and nothing else. Um, And then he joins up with Billy Butcher and his team and they decide to try and take down superheroes. And every episode is quite... A lot of the episodes are filled with a huge amount of tension because the main characters don't have superpowers. So every time they come in contact with what they call a soup, like Homelander or Black Noir, who's their version of Batman or any of the others... That it's sort of this incredibly tense scene because it's like how are they going to survive this encounter like they have literally no abilities at all of any kind um it's really really violent it's very funny it's very um the political satire is really on point uh and particularly in the third season when homelander really starts going down a very trumpian path uh with the way he kind of um behaves around the public and stuff it's it's fun it's really good and fun and um I'd recommend it if anyone hasn't watched it or if you haven't watched it yet, Alex, I'd recommend checking it out. It's a good take on superheroes that's a little bit more, um, I don't know, a bit, I guess you could call it a bit cynical in some ways, mm. but it's it's kind of a good, fun satire on the, on the superhero business, which is, which is good. So season three of The Boys, big recommendation. And finally, um, a new game came out on Xbox Game Pass this week, um, and I've been playing it, and it's pretty good, and it's called Power Wash Simulator, and you have a power washer, <laughs> and you go around and wash things with it. Have you seen those YouTube videos where people have power washers, and they like spray a path, and suddenly it's all clean? Yeah. Have you seen any power? It's like that, basically, but it's a, it's a video game simulation of it. Oh, okay. So in the first level you clean a really dirty van In the second level you clean a really dirty garden I, don't, I haven't got to the third level yet But I'm sure you'll clean something Oh it's a motorbike actually You clean a very dirty motorbike in the third level Okay uh, You can change the nozzle size No there's a challenge mode Where you get timed um, But I prefer just playing the main mode Where you can mm-hmm. just take your time And have a good time power washing the stuff That's, that's so weird <laughs> It's good. Like you basically... It's free if you have Game Pass as well, so check it out, people listening, if you have Game Pass. So you just clean? Yeah, you just clean things, but with a power washer, which is, you know, a cool thing. But w- what kind of controller do you use? Use a game controller. So so you're just pressing a button and power washing? like you know... yeah, 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 but you can change the nozzle, so you can change the, the angle of the spray. Okay. Um... And unlock new, more powerful nozzles and things, and you get and 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 wash. You know, there's, there's a level where you can wash an entire train. Wow! Yeah, I didn't... or an entire miniature golf course. So is that is that is that something that you're using to unwind at the moment? 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty. It's like a very good, like chill, unwinding thing, and it's multiplayer as well. Like you can play with friends and all go around and clean the miniature golf course together. Have you played it with your housemate? No, no. but he watched me playing it and found it relaxing. And okay, he's like, I'm gonna go and download this. That's 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 interesting. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Well, I've also been playing um Yakuza, Kiwami Two. Yeah. Which I think I've talked about the Yakuza games on this podcast mm. before. But that's an old game. I've just been playing it because it's, it's good. I like it. But it's not worth... And I've not finished it, so I won't talk about it on the podcast okay. yet. But Yakuza is a great game, and that's an exciting video game. Yeah. Going around Dotenbori in Osaka and Ooh. fighting uh, street thugs and stuff. How exciting. Bam, bam, bam. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. Yeah, you've been. We've been to Dotenbori. It's full of yakuza's just brawling in the yeah, streets. Very yeah. accurate game. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. With their uh, with their uh, machine guns. <laughs> yeah. No, there's no guns in it. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, occasionally you get a gun, but it's not really a thing. It's more like fist fighting and stuff. Do you remember anyway, when we went to, in that in that um in that really kind of interesting part of town in Osaka, and we saw this yakuza hide or building, and there was a full suit of armor. <laughs> Yes, I do vaguely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder yeah. what to do with it. Well, it's probably just to intimidate people. It's quite intimidating. <laughs> it's doing its job. Yeah, definitely. What have you been doing this week? This week, uh, okay. So, um, finally on uh, Disney Plus, uh, after a few months that has come out on FX, uh, season three of Atlanta has come out. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, which is a series that I've talked about on the podcast before. The rise and life of Paperboy uh, and uh, his uh, his cousin Earl that's trying to manage him, not manage, manage him and his uh, best friend Darius, who is uh, just there, <laughs> and uh, Van, uh, which is um, Ernst. Uh, ex-girlfriend girlfriend and uh i've been really waiting for this season quite a bit because i think every season it got better and uh this season they're not in atlanta uh they are in europe and nice. uh it's paper boys alfred uh, played by brian terry henry which we have seen quite a bit uh since atlanta started um, mm, he's in Bullet Train yeah, this summer as yeah well. so I'm quite excited to see him because I really like him uh, mm. his European tour and everything has changed quite a bit Ern who is his manager and cousin played by Donald Glover is seems to have his shit together and he's managing him really well and they seem to do really well and uh, uh, Darius played by Lakeith Stanfield is still uh, the same guy maybe a little Bit, I think I feel like he's a bit lost in this season, but um, I think he's part of the process. And Van joins them. His uh, ex-girlfriend and the mum of their daughter, Zazie Beats, joins them as well. For some reason, something has happened. Um, I really... Uh, so I really love this season. It's so different. It actually goes into... Uh, <clears throat> it shows how strange... Donald Glover is <laughs> and uh I I I like this because it's like the first episode there is none of the characters the first episode is just uh uh non like there's nobody in the characters and there's another ep- and there's another episode later on that there's 
none of the characters again. So it, it, every episode feels like a little um, kind of um, standalone moment. And yeah. um, in this season, he really... Um, uh there's a lot of about there's a lot about race and he explores a lot about um how uh the commercial success that he's having is actually quite uh is is not going really the way they're supposed to be going and how uh the black community is exploited and has been exploited and is really really interesting i really enjoyed the season and um uh, in on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience doesn't like it very much, but the critics. I've seen mixed reactions to it. Yeah, because it's completely different. Uh, is is we arrive at a point where we're not really sure how Paperboy is this, uh, how why he's so um successful. We haven't seen his rise to success. He's just successful now, and what is right. exploring now is what what happens with this success have you watched any season any seasons of atlanta i've watched some of the first season the third one is very different from the others and that's what i like because i think he he can change and he can do things in a different way and what i what i like is like every episode has got like a little caption so the first episode is called free slaps and the caption is, wow, it's been a minute. I mean, I like this episode about the troubled kid, but we we waited 50 years for this. And there's another one that goes, um, what a, what, white fashion, which I, it was a really incredible episode. And the caption is, I've definitely seen this before on a better show. They're always stealing ideas, but the fashion industry got to be exposed, streetwear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and then the big payback which is episode four like even if you don't want to watch the series is really interesting and it, the the caption is i was legit scared watching this and after that i was like oh why is it scary something must be happening to the person this is one of the episodes where none of the uh, the main uh, characters are in and yeah. so i thought oh something is gonna go down and it's completely not your you understand why it says I was legit scared watching this. Depending or it kind of makes you question how you would react to a certain thing, and right. and a question that am I you know privilege and stuff like that. So it's 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 really good, and I I feel like Donald Glover is such a interesting and weird person that what he does here is kind of surreal and you don't have to take it as like complete reality I I could I think this season could even like be a little bit on the same level as Black Mirror because it's kind of surreal kind of real things happen not really sometimes things happen and you go but that's impossible that it happens so quickly but when you realize that you don't really have to look at it as real reality i feel yeah. then uh then is uh yeah i really like it as atlanta season three um i even i think i think it would be good to watch even if you haven't watched the other two seasons no i wouldn't do that but i will i do it is on my list to watch yeah. all of it at some point it's just i keep not getting around to it if you see what i mean yeah yeah 
Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And I think if I, I'll have to start it again at this point. So I will. I will watch it. And now because it, it it was because it was on it was on a streaming service in the UK before Disney Plus existed mm. where it was only on there for a little bit and then it got taken down so I couldn't finish it mm. and then when it appeared again I'd, I'd you know when you've you've started something but not finished it and then it's been long enough that you'd have to start it again mm. so I just I just keep on sort of missing it a little bit but I will now it's on Disney Plus and it's just always there I can uh, I can get around to it yeah and then I've got an album cover recommendation. <clears throat> What's your album recommendation? My album recommendation is a uh, 2022 release by Grace Ives called Janky Star. I've never heard of that. Oh. Um, I uh, listened to her previous album and is really fun, really kind of like kind of interesting sound. And um, she's a singer-songwriter from uh, New York and uh, she likes to kind of work with uh, synthesizers and to kind of uh, uh, experiment uh, with uh, sounds. And um, this this new album is very different. She's, um, she's working with uh, a producer that has worked with uh, Charlie XCX and um, Ives Tumor, do you know? Them? Yes, I saw them live. Yes, incredible. A few weeks ago. Yeah, they were great. Really good. And it kind of like with this collaboration kind of made this album a little bit more uh, different, uh but still very varied and uh and but very kind of like um less playful but a little bit more serious maybe. Uh that's that's how I felt with this uh with this album. And uh it's only 30 minutes and and I really enjoy it. It's it's one of those albums that is thirty minutes, but it kind of you listen to it, and then when it finishes, you're like, "Oh, it's finished." I'm not happy, mm. and uh, so yeah. But um, I think it's really good, and I think you might like it. I think you might like her album, her previous album, more called Second. But yeah, and uh, that's it for my culture catch up this week. Not bad. Not bad. I forgot to mention that Miss Marvel finished this week. Have you watched any of that? I've watched four episodes. I want to finish it first before I talk about it. I'm enjoying the cultural aspect a lot. I'm loving the the representation of the culture so much. Mm. I think that is <clears throat> incredible. Um, I, yeah, I think it's simple enough for kids to watch. So some it's yeah. very childish. Um, yeah, I, I, I like that. I yeah, like yeah, it. and I think it's really good. Uh, but I, it's not like maybe I enjoyed other things more. But um, I love, I love the way they're showing, uh, the Muslim community, the diversity in the Muslim community, and um, yeah, yeah. So I want to finish it, but um, yeah, I definitely would like to talk to you about it. Good. Yeah. I, I liked it. I thought the fifth episode was a bit was the worst one, and then the, the finale was good. All right, a little bit of my tube. Yeah.
a couple of trailers to show you today. Uh, where you, although you might have seen them already. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Oh, no, I haven't seen this one. So, <clears throat> George has sent me... Wait a second. Okay, so George has sent me The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, main teaser. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is this directed what? by... No, name? no, no. What's his name? It's not. Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. No, this is the Amazon TV show that they're, ah, that's coming out in September. Okay. So it's not, not directed by Peter Nothing Jackson. to do with that. Maybe I'm quite happy uh, about that. Yeah, I mean, after what he did to The Hobbit. Yeah, yeah. The Hobbit left a bitter, nasty taste yeah. <laughs> in my and mouth. this is set. <laughs> I think, and if any Tolkien scholars are listening feel free to berate me, but I think this is set during the Second Age, whereas the Lord of the Rings main stuff is set during the Third Age. So this is set like a thousand or two thousand years before any of the Lord of the Rings stuff. So it's in the it's in Middle Earth, but it's not got anything to do with Frodo or, you know, Gandalf running. What? What not... did I just do? Why did I confuse you? What's wrong? Is it not like just one Lord of the Rings? No, it's the it's Middle Earth, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't yeah, and Tolkien, who wrote the Lord of the Rings books, wrote the Silmarillion and lo like he was more interested in creating a world. So he wrote like the whole history of Middle Earth. So there's all there's like uh... the first age, the second age, the third age, and like the the age that the actual Lord of the Rings books takes place in, I think is the third age. So this film, this TV show is that they've taken everything he said happened during the second age and they're kind of turning it into a TV series. But of course, in Tolkien's books, the second age, like some of these events happen hundreds of years apart. apart. But for this show, they're kind of compressing the timeline, I think, to make everything happen, you know, within the, the time span that a TV show could, could exist in, um, which is controversial. So we'll watch the trailer and then have a little chat about what you think. Okay. You ready to start? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Three, two, one, go. There was a time when the world was so young. There had not yet been. Oh, not the sunrise. But even then, there was light. Was there always light, or just not a sunrise? Who knows? Who knows? I think it just means that it's early. Okay, so the it looks pretty grand, a bit like Lord of the Rings, so... They're spending a lot of money on it. Yeah. You've got elves, you've got dwarves, yeah. men, all these standard Lord of the Rings. Mm. Harfoots, which is like what, what will become hobbits, I think. We're safe. Ah. You have fought long enough, Galadriel. Galadriel. So okay. that's obviously Kate Blanchett's character because elves are immortal. Ah, yeah. Played by a different actor. True. The enemy is still out there. The question now is where. Okay, I prefer. It is over. You have not seen what I've seen. I have seen my share. You have not seen. Oh, there's a horrible thing happening. <laughs> and she has seen, and he has not seen. Over the face of the earth, it will be the end not <clears throat> just of our people, but all peoples. 
so something is gonna happen. It's gonna be really bad. Oh, the the dwarves. And there's a war. Yeah. Horses. So this boats. should come before Lord of the Rings, yeah? Yeah, like a thousand years before. Okay. Yeah. Like a long, long time before. And nothing has changed, basically. So in a thousand years, everything is the same. No. Not at all. Have you not, have you not been paying attention to the trailer, Alex? <laughs> well, there's some people fighting and there's horses and there's... <laughs> yeah, but there's, there's, there's entire cities, like, bustling... Industrial cities which have fallen and died oh, okay. by the time the main Lord of the Rings stuff happens. <clears throat> anyway, I think this series is going to be about the forging of the Rings of Power, which is oh, how okay. Sauron, you know, got the got the One Ring, uh, which is explained by Galadriel in um, in the opening. Um, Interesting. Of the first movie. What do you think of that? What do you think? Um, uh, I, I'll, uh, yeah. It looks okay. It looks amazing. Uh, scenography is beautiful. Beautiful scenery. Uh, there's a lot of like, but I don't, don't think I, I think I'm done with that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well. Well, because it's a series, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So is it like a limited series, or is it gonna be you know? Kind no, of they've a committed Game to of like Thrones they've, kind they've, of. They're they're spending like a billion dollars. Yeah, on it or something, I'm not so. gonna get into that. No. No, because we're going to have to talk about it on this podcast. It's going to be Well, big. you can talk to me about it, and I can I can see it through your eyes. <laughs> mm, don't know if that's... Well, are you going to watch it? Yeah, it's Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Rings but power. I don't know. Like, I really enjoyed the, the trilogy, and then he decided to make The Hobbit. Yeah, but that's nothing to do with any of this. That's okay, not, okay, okay. But no I, you invest, you invest a lot of money with these people, and then and then you have to invest more money, money, not money, invest more time with this Game of Thrones kind of thing. I don't know if I can. I don't know if it looks like Game of Thrones. No, but it's going to be epic like Game of Thrones. That's what I mean. Like these kind of like big... Blah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I guess so. But I'd um, rather watch big... Stranger Things again. <laughs> You've seen that. Now. You've got to move on. Big Tolkien fans hate it. Um... Have it have, has it already come out? No, but like they've announced stuff that makes people angry because they've changed things slightly. Like there are female dwarves in this, and they don't have beards. Oh, and female dwarves are meant to have beards, Alex. So you know, obviously that's a big problem. So I don't know. I kind of want to be hyped for it because it feels like everyone has just already decided it's going to be terrible, and I'd rather. No, I'm sure it's going to be good. I hate it when people judge things from the from just from the trailer. You know, do you know what I mean? Like I'm sure it's going to be okay. I'm just. Not that interested anymore in like spending time with people like this, but maybe maybe I'll change my mind. Maybe it'll be like a Stranger Things thing that I'm just gonna bloody love it. Maybe you bloody well. well. It's a bit like Persuasion. Um, Do you know the new um, Persuasion, uh, the Netflix film with Dakota Johnson? Oh yeah, that everybody's that's up in arms because it's terrible, and like I want to watch it because I saw a reviewer saying that maybe people have missed the point of like this remake of this book that has been made so many times. And apparently it's not that bad. Mark Kermode liked it. Uh, premier British film critic yeah. Mark Kermode gave yeah. it a good review and then people wrote into his podcast berating yeah. him for liking it. And that's the thing, <laughs> but it's really weird how people like, you know, these Tolkien fans and Jane Austen fans, like, can we not just, it? can we not just change things up and have kind of the same 
because apparently the the humor Jane Austen's humor is in persuasion it's just a little bit different from the BBC drama persuasion you know yeah. but people are like yeah. oh no well watch it and tell us what yeah it's like. I'm gonna watch it Please I'm gonna do. next time I'm gonna talk to you about it good okay <laughs> yeah another film trailer have you seen the film Orphan no okay I've seen gonna... the picture the poster of the film Orphan <clears throat> I'm going to slightly spoil the movie Orphan from 2009 for you now. Mm, yeah. Okay. So in the film Orphan, it's about a couple who get a adopt a girl. I haven't seen it for a while, so I might be getting some things wrong. But they adopt this girl called Esther, and Esther's all strange and weird. And basically, oh yeah, you told me she's not a the, child, is she? No, the t- the twist is she's like thirty years old. Yeah, she's, she's like a grown. adult. So, Orphan came out in 2009. Yeah. Yeah. Esther in that movie was played by Isabel Furman, who in 2009 was... 65. 12 years old. Okay. 12 years old, right? Yeah. This year, they're releasing Orphan First Kill, a prequel set before the original, but Esther is again played by um, Isabel Furman, but this, but now obviously Isabel Furman is 25 years old, playing a character who is... About that age, should be... I guess the actual character is about 25, but the is meant to look like a 10-year-old girl, but it's being played by a 25-year-old. Oh. Does that make sense? Yeah. So this is a prequel to S Orphan from 2009 with the girl played by the same actress who is now 12, 13 years older than she was when she filmed the original, but is meant to be younger than she was in the original film. So... Let's have a look at the trailer for Orphan Thirst Kill. Interestingly this week, I also watched for the first time ever the 1970 uh, British adaptation of The Railway Children. Uh, have you ever seen that? No. It's very good. It was very, very good. Um, but Jenny Agatha plays the eldest of the three children in it, and she was like 17 or 18, I think, when she made it. And she's meant to be about 18 in the film. Or 16, and then her younger sister is meant to be 11, but was played by an actress who was 20 when the movie was made. Wow. And she was, it was in her contract when they made the film that she wasn't allowed to be seen drinking or smoking or driving a car while filming because everyone was meant to think that she was 11, but she was 20. <laughs> anyway, that's, um, that's oh. the way away, children. There's a Paramount right. Plus. Yes, it is a Paramount Plus. Oh, so now, like, now everything is on streaming, basically. Yeah, pretty much. And so you have to pay for, like, everything. <laughs> pretty much. Um, okay. The last Paranormal Activity was Paramount Plus and was rubbish. So let's see what uh, Orphan First Kill is like. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, Orphan First Kill, official trailer, Paramount Plus. Let's go. Three, two, one, go. It's a snowy town. What is he doing here? Julia Stiles. Oh, it's Julia Stiles. Was she in yep. the first one? Nope. Oh. So she okay. presumably wanted an easy paycheck and fair play to her. Four years is a long time. Yeah. What she needs right now is her family. Esther? So how does she know Esther? It's mommy. It's her missing daughter. Ah. But oh my well, god, she looks the same. <laughs> Welcome home, Esther. No, she does look a little bit older. It's lovely to be back. I miss my family very much. Oh, so she adopted. Back into life within the family unit. She adopted in the first one as well. 
Yes, in the first one she's adopted. No, in this one, sorry. Oh, in this one, I, I think so, but I think there's, I think that it's not the missing Esther. It's not the Esther they think it is. How's that possible? Four years ago, she was still drawing stick figures. Esther's behavior has been so. Ah, so Esther now draws things. She looks horrible. <laughs> Mummy. She looks terrifying, <laughs> but also really old. If you're not Esther, who are you? Ah. Okay, I understand now. So this <laughs> child went missing, and then she comes back. But it's not her. But it's not it's her. Someone else. Oh, is she poisoning? <gasps> what? Weirdly, the actress looks a lot like Julia Stiles. They look quite similar. Oh. Yeah, she does. Maybe that's why they. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No matter what. Oh, I think I might. I would enjoy watching this. This looks fun. It looks pretty fun, right? Yeah. Looks yeah. like a lot of fun. I'm 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 intrigued to see it. How was the first orphan? Great. Is it like scary? a lot of fun? Uh, I, d I don't know. I think it's too silly to be scary. Okay, because this looks like I would watch it and just go. Oh. Well, I mean, this looks exactly the same as the first one, so you should check out the original if you if you're interested. Okay. Um, but no, it's 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 um it's interesting that they've they've decided so many years later to make a prequel. But have Isabel, but Isabel Furman kind of—it's like you couldn't have someone else play Freddy Krueger. Like she does that character so well in mm. the original Orphan that to replace her with somebody else would be a crime. So, yeah, there you go. There's Orphan First Kill. Nice. First kill. And then, and then she becomes an orphan, and then she goes to another family. Yeah, but I think the whole idea is that she just does this over and over again. She like go to a family, pretend to be some missing child, or get adopted or something. And then kill the family and then, like, try and do it again. She's, like, a crazy woman. And I think you could... It was sort of in that trailer bit. I think there was a thing in the original where she was, like, trying to kill the mum so she could be with the dad romantically. Nice. Which obviously is... Yeah. But then she's, like, 25, so fair play to her. I don't know. It's bizarre. <laughs> fair play. <laughs> fair play. Oh. Right, shall we get into our main topic for today? Yeah, main topico. Main topico, Stranger Things. Stranger Things! Stranger Things. So Stranger Things, rewind today. We're going to go over our thoughts on the first three volumes um, so that we can talk in detail about the more recent fourth volume um, next episode. So, so, this is a show. This is a show that premiered on the 15th of July 2016, almost exactly uh, six years ago to, yeah. the, to today. Um, stars a variety of people who have become extremely famous and successful based on their appearance in Stranger Things. We've got Millie Bobby Brown plays Eleven. Yes. Finn Wolfhard, the... the 
surprisingly named Finn Wolfhard plays Mike Wheeler. Uh, Caleb McLaughlin plays Lucas Sinclair. Noah Schnapp plays Will Byers. And Gaten Matarazzo plays Dustin Henderson. That's your main sort of core cast yeah. of young people. Uh, joined by Sadie Sink playing Max Mayfield in season two. Slightly older teenagers, we've got Charlie Heaton uh, from Yorkshire in the UK playing Jonathan Byers, yeah. uh, Will's older brother. Natalia Dyer plays Nancy Wheeler, Mike's older sister. And Joe Keery plays Steve Harrington, the greatest character of all time. This in greatest man alive. Um, joined by Maya Hawke playing Robin Buckley in season three, but she makes an immediate strong impression, oh. in my opinion, and we'll talk about that more as we go. And then as we get towards the Oh, also important to mention is Shannon Purser plays Barbara, a character that is um, not given the um, screen time she deserved in the, the opinions of No, <laughs> it was too short. Justice, justice for Barbara. Just... Along with Dacre Dac- Montgomery playing Billy Hargrove, Max's older brother. Um, amazingly performed, oh, hateful character. Ah. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then we go to the older characters, which mainly you're looking at David Harbour playing Jim Hopper. The I've seen him described as the Gandalf of Stranger Things, which I think is a pretty good mm-hmm. <coughs> description. Winona Ryder playing Joyce Byers, the iconic Winona Ryder playing Joyce Byers, Will and Jonathan's mother. And then you've got various mad scientists, such as Matthew Modine's Dr. Martin Brenner and Paul Reiser's Dr. Owens. Um, and Paul Reiser comes in in season two and begins a bit of a trend of casting iconic 80s actors in uh, pivotal roles, um, including Robert England in the most lately recent season and Lord of the Rings' is Sean Astin in the <gasps> second season. Amazing. When I saw him, yeah. I was like, what? So a pretty stacked cast. Um, all of these people have become much, much bigger as a result of being in Stranger Things because it's truly been a, like, a ridiculous phenomenon. Did you um, did you say Brett J- Gelman as Murray? Oh yeah, no, I forgot about Brett. Brett, I think it's Gelman. Gelman, Brett Gelman. Brett Gelman as Murray. Uh, he's he pops up in season three initially, but plays quite a small role. Yeah. Uh, but that is very good in it, and then is is amazing. In, I think uh, it's got one four. of the funniest lines in Stranger Things in season three. Why? Which line? <laughs> he says, um, "Did you enjoy the pullout?" <laughs> oh yeah. Very good. Um, so, and after that, I was like, "This guy needs to be always there. <laughs> always needs to be there." Well, I think the 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 creators agreed. The creators yeah. being the Duffer Brothers, who created Stranger Things, um, and have become a huge creative force in entertainment as a result. I think, uh, basically, by taking Steven Spielberg, Stephen King, popping it in a blender, combining it, and you know, not to not to downplay what they've done, but they are they have used their influences perfectly to yeah. create um this this wonderful like half Stephen King, half Stephen King pure horror, and then half Steven Spielberg, sort of that that sense of wonder that that he got through his Amblin movies such as E. T. and The Goonies and those like eighties adventure movies. Mm. It's great. It's so good. It's so well done. So. Let's start with our sort of backgrounds on it. I remember because I'm a massive Stephen King fan and because I'm a massive 
well, Steven Spielberg fan and stuff, mainly because I'm a huge Stephen King fan, I, I was, like, pretty excited for Stranger Things before it ever came out, like, when they first put the trailers out, I remember watching the trailers and being like, this looks pretty cool, and the soundtrack looks interesting, so I watched it sort of as soon as it aired, not to kind of try and be a hipster about it, but I did, it's true, I did. Um, yeah. I was on board from day one, and have sort of watched and loved each season it's been released. How about you, Alex? Um, I I did not watch it until a month ago, so I started this year, um, because I did ha had no interest in it for some reason. How come? Why did you have so such little uh... faith? I have no idea. Um, I guess when it came out, it was a massive period of transition for us, and so we moved away from a country. We moved away from, was it not six years ago? Yeah. Mm, yeah, twenty sixteen. So yeah, it was yeah. Like, so it was a massive transition, and there was just, just, I missed out completely, and I then, then I was just like, I did, I, I don't know, for some reason, I didn't have, I had no interest in it, um, and then you know, the, the, or the thing about series season four and everybody around me finally talking about it. Uh, I was like, okay, I'll have a watch, and yeah, I watched um, the entire season. They're like all four seasons in a month. <laughs> so do you like it? Ah, I, oh, I, I, I absolutely love it. In fact, I think I'm gonna watch it again. Wow. Slower and just notice more things because it's just so good. Yeah, I did. Um, when I knew season four was kind of imminently arriving, I rewatched the first three seasons in in a month or so. And it was pretty wild because you know the first season did come out like six years ago at this point. It's mm. been it's been quite a while. So seeing all of that, um, seeing how young they are in that original season, yeah. and and some of the hints and little t- hit, hit, hints towards what's going to happen in the future and stuff was pretty cool. And yeah, it's it holds up. It was I was surprised by how much the first season held up. So let's talk about the first season a little bit. It introduces us to all of the. Primary characters and players, moves and shakers. <laughs> Episode one opens with um, Will Byers, Mike Wheeler, Lucas Sinclair and Dustin Henderson uh, playing their weekly game of Dungeons and Dragons, which, by the way, has become a massive thing since Stranger Things. Like, the place <laughs> I work in has got a, a Dungeons and Dragons club for young people and it's, it's unbelievably popular. Wow. Um, and it just feels... Well, it's like weird because you used to play Dungeons and Dragons, didn't you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and like I, I grew up with people around me what playing Dungeons and Dragons, so I guess I guess is like a revamped <clears throat> the 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 reignited the Dungeons and Dragons flame. Yeah, definitely to a degree, but I think in the UK it really wasn't a thing. Ah, okay. Like I didn't play it until I lived in Japan. Ah. Because um, I, I had I had a lot of friends quite... in Italy when I was growing up playing Dungeons yeah. and Dragons and like our next door neighbor I remember going to his house and there was the the Dungeons and Dragons uh table that they didn't finish yeah. the game the weekend before and then no- nothing could be touched and then yeah, they would yeah, finish yeah. it after so um, like yeah no, I well, it might have just been the scene I was part you know the, where mm. I grew up and stuff but it didn't have much of a presence in the UK as far as I could tell when I was growing up but it's blown up now, which is cool. So yeah, they're playing Dungeons and Dragons because it's set in the eighties. Um, season one is set in the very early eighties, I think. 
Um, before parents knew that there was danger in the world for their children, they finished the game and um, Dustin, Lucas and Will um, all have to cycle back to their homes. And on the way, Will goes missing, kicking off the main sort of through line yeah. of season one, which is what has happened to Will Byers? Where is he? And through this, um, through the investigations of Hopper, Joyce and Will's friends, we discover the Upside Down. Yes. And what is contained within the Upside Down, which is a demo gorgon, which I love the way this show uses Dungeons & Dragons monster names to name yeah. their monsters. It's yeah. such a cool little, like, why not call it that? Like, if that's their, if that's their reference point for kind of exactly. scary things, then call it a demo gorgon. Yeah. Um, which kind of really quickly became a super iconic monster design. What do you think of the demo gorgon's design? It's incredible because it, it I think I think it 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 uh it is designed for the worst things that children can think of of an mos- a monster like the yeah. long cr- hands that can grab you the skinny long body that goes a little bit and then this flower-shaped, horrible thing of full of teeth is without a face because it hasn't got a face. It hasn't got eyes. It hasn't got a nose. It's just yeah. this like this this bud that opens into this horrible thing, and I think it's designed perfectly well to be scary enough, but not too scary. Yeah. But to give you the creeps, how it moves and how it does things. So yeah, it's a pretty cool. Yeah, because that, that first season is pretty much just the demo gorgon in terms yeah. of like creepy things from, and since then I've introduced like the demo dogs. Yeah, they've introduced the mind flayer. Yeah, the big physical, um, fleshy mind flayer from season three. Yeah, and then Vecna in the most recent season. Vecna. Vecna, and I don't think any of the other designs quite match that original. No, because demo they're not gorgon. as scary. Yeah, they're not they're, as they're, like they're not as iconic either. I don't think they're not as immediately. Yeah, like, yeah. There's not. Iconic. They're not also conventionally <clears throat> scary as this. This is a proper monster. Yeah. And whilst um, you know Vecna is just a body, and uh, although he's, I think he's terrifying, but in a different way. Yeah, but way, it's, it's for different reasons. This is it? like yeah, it's um, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty horrific. That the bit at the end of season one where it comes out of it comes it breaks into the real world and Steve's going at it with the baseball bat and stuff is genuinely pretty tense because you that you know that they're up against something that could absolutely tear them apart. Yeah, because um, you're not really sure how to kill them either because they don't really die. Like you shoot them, and they go wah, 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 and then you burn them, but they kind of melt. It's like how do you kill these guys? You get a little psychic girl with big powers to just tear it apart into atoms. Yeah. It would appear. Yeah. That seems to be the only way you can truly kill it. Yeah. True. Um, so, yeah, Will goes missing. We follow Joyce um, as she kind of looks for her son. People aren't taking her seriously. There's a, there's a bit that I'd totally forgotten happened in season one where Hawkins Lab, because it all ends up coming back to Hawkins Lab, which is this sort of secret government lab um, doing experiments in Hawkins, which we learn a lot more about in season four. But in season one, all we really know is that they had Eleven, she escaped, and they want her back. Yeah. Um, And in order to sort of distract people from 
Will Byers' disappearance, they just invent the idea that he drowned in a quarry yeah. to try and stop and people the, from yeah, investigating and it, and they just get this this plastic doll and tell everyone it's a dead boy. <laughs> I know. I'm so glad there's a plastic doll because I thought they were actually gonna because I was when when she cuts him open or something. I was like, is that did they? Get another kid or something, but it was a oh, it was God, a plastic yeah. doll. Because my thought was it's, like they put another kid there. Even though I knew it wasn't real, I still got upset by the the episode that ends with them finding the body. Yeah. And Joyce finding out, and I think there's a David Bowie song that plays. Mm. I think it's Heroes or something. Um, it may it really even watching it on a second time when I knew that Will hadn't died, it really upset me. It was yeah. really moving. They're really good at hitting those, especially using music to yeah. do it as well. Yeah. The music is perfect here yeah. from from the moments when they're like together and they're having a good time. There's kind of like the really nice 80s uh, adventure soundtrack. And then when he, they use actual songs, they know how to get you here. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in the last season. Oh, yes. <laughs> ah! <laughs> uh. Yeah. Um, what was your take early on on Hopper? Um, his introduction as a character is the camera slowly panning through his cabin and he's passed out um, from probably drinking the night before. Yeah. And he just looks like kind of a mess and he wakes up and lights a cigarette and turns up late to the office. And yeah. Clearly doesn't have much interest in being a sheriff. Like, well, how did you find that character as the first season went along? Um he has he has no will to live really at the beginning of the season yeah and then the more the season goes the more he finds uh some meaning that he had lost and i there's a really amazing evolution of hopper throughout all the seasons yeah and um the more you get to know him the more you love him and yeah. um as an actor he did a great job as well to like David Harbour to kind of like make you not really like him and just feel like you're a waste of space. But then yeah. also feeling sorry for him because clearly when you see him with because he's taking pills and he's smoking and he's not happy and you clearly you know that something must have gone wrong. Yeah. And again, um because I we just watched Midnight Mass. He's the policeman that came went to a different community because something else happened in his community. Oh, what Rahul Rahul called yeah. Midnight Mass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so that's true. I still I had that in my head. So I was like, oh, he must have <clears throat> left somewhere to be here because mm. if not, he wouldn't be like that. Uh, but then you know he finds he finds a reason to live and he finds uh something that um that makes him want to change yeah. and you can see because at the beginning you can see that he you don't think they might be he might not be a very good um sheriff is he a sheriff i think yeah sheriff Hopper. yeah i think that the first time you start to realize how good he is at actually being a sheriff and being a detective is that first time that they go to hawkins labs and they feed him and his two deputies a load of nonsense to try and get rid of them and Hopper immediately is just like no this is this yeah isn't right and he goes yeah. back later and sneaks in and also the first time you really start to love Hopper I think is the first time that he encounters a problem solves it by punching someone in the face knocking him out yeah which he does 
over and over again throughout yeah. all of it, yeah. but it's always um yeah. any time that Hopper just knocks somebody out to deal with something is is a pretty great moment. Yeah. I yeah. Think. But also like when he the, he gets uh, he gets drugged and beaten uh, beaten up and then he finds himself and he just goes and he knows that he- everything has been it could have been bugged. Like not everybody would think about that. Oh, it's yeah. so yeah, interesting yeah. cuz he just goes for, through everything and yeah. he knows that something is wrong. So you you the more this is series this seasons go on the more you realize what how really what kind of person he is. Yeah. And in oh, yeah, <coughs> yeah. He also picks up um like they go to Hawkins Labs and they show him security footage of the night Will went missing to try and be like, look, he didn't sneak in. Mm. But then Hopper's like afterwards is like it wasn't raining that night though, and that was raining on that security footage. So mm. like he's so he's got a Sherlock Holmes edge to him yeah. in terms of like just picking up on things and being being really good at sort of solving problems. And I think he's one of the one of the best characters that they kind of invented for for the show. Yeah. Um season 1 also begins the journey one of the best journeys I think for any character of Steve Harrington <sighs> from bully to hero. The beloved Steve Harrington. <laughs> yeah. What did you think of him after the first couple of episodes because he does some almost unforgivably horrible things. He's horrible. He smashes I that hated camera. Him. Yeah, he smashes he smashes um uh Jonathan's camera because uh he took pictures of I mean Jonathan was being a naughty little boy I don't kid. understand like uh, when he was taking pictures so then one one night um Jonathan is looking for uh his brother Will and he takes and he sees uh Nancy Wheeler, Sib Harrington and two other people that I hated. Thank God they oh, disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they're like having a party uh, with Barb as well who goes missing and he, ta- he starts taking pictures of Nancy getting I don't know getting undressed or something and I, I thought that well, was really and Steve have just slept together I think and, and it was just before was it not before or was Is it, it before after? she's undressing or after I don't know but it's not a moment where you should take pictures of a, of a person so that I thought no. it was pretty dodgy I, I really think that like whereas Steve's evolution as a character throughout the seasons feels very natural. Yeah. I feel like they kind of just went right. We need Jonathan to be a different character now because we want people to like him, and they just dropped. Like he's very, very creepy and weird in the in the in the first half of season. Yeah. One. And for no particular reason, he does end up becoming a a quite well adjusted person. Yeah, yeah. I think because they just want him to be a character that people relate to a bit. Yeah. More. Yeah. But yeah, so Steve Harrington in the beginning, you just go, oh, go away. Like, Nancy, get with Jonathan. Come on. Um, and, uh, but then he, oh, it's just amazing. Well, there's the great bit, there's that, that great bit in season one where he kind of dumps his two horrible mates. Yeah. Who are just awful. And then he goes and helps clean up that because um, he's t- he's like put a big thing that says Nancy yeah. Slot Wheeler hasn't he on the uh, cinema? Yeah. And he helps clean that up, and then he's got no part to play in any of the supernatural goings on until he turns up at Jonathan's house, the buyer's house, at the end of season one, and suddenly just walks into a situation that he's not at all prepared for. No. But because he's gone on that growth as a character, he picks up a baseball bat and 
helps. He fights. He becomes yeah. part of the team in that moment. Yeah. And I, I love that. That's such a great moment in season one where he like just acts and becomes starts to become that character people love. And then they team him up in the second season with Dustin, which is a very clever move. Amazing, yeah. isn't it? Incredible. Yeah. And he does have the best hair in the game. He's got the best hair. But what I what I find amazing is like all the older kids look exactly the same now, six years later. Yeah. yeah. So they haven't it's amazing <clears throat> how in your twenties you don't change that much. Yeah. <laughs> the kids that went from eleven to sixteen, eighteen, uh, you know, twelve, eighteen, they're completely different human beings. Yeah. So it's amazing how like these actors, they're all the kids, like Joe Keery hasn't really changed, but oh. uh, Finn Wolfhard is a man now. And then you go, what? It's um, amazing. It is amazing. It's something else. Um, and let's talk a bit about Eleven in the first season. How did you, what did you think of Eleven? I really, li- I really liked Eleven in the first season. Uh, I thought it was really, first of all, the kids are incredible at acting. Like all of them, yeah. The there cast, is it's cast so well, cast like, no incredible, and the fact that Millie Bobby Brown managed to give so much um character to a character that doesn't speak, yeah, is amazing. And yeah. um, I I I loved her, and I I loved the connection that Eleven and Mike Wheeler have. You, there is a special connection there. Um, even, even like as chemistry and it's really lovely and it's believable and it's so, and every time there is 11, it's just amazing. I don't know the, the car, those kids together just work so well. And, um, I love that she kind of like a little bit, um, rocks the boats boat for the boys and it kind of creates a little bit of a of an earthquake in the in the group. Definitely. Um, but I, I really, yeah, I think uh, she's amazing. She's an amazing actor, and she's a, it's an amazing character. Eleven. Yeah, she is, and I like you saying the fact that she barely speaks in the first season, but Millie Bobby Brown gets so much out of it. Is yeah, is wild. Yeah, is um, wild. She does end up finding her voice, though, for sure. She talks quite a bit as uh, as we go through. Yeah. But no, so season one ends with a big showdown in the high school. The Hawkins lab people turn up. The demo Gorgon arrives. Yeah. Will is rescued from the Upside Down. Eleven uses her powers to destroy the demo Gorgon, and she vanishes. So who mm-hmm. knows where to? And everything is well, except right at the very end of the season we see Will vomit a little slug into her sink. Yes. Do a little, 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 little. Yes. So we know it's not finished. Yeah, it's going to continue. Yeah. And it continued, it did, a year and three months later in October of 2017. But before we carry on to second season, oh, let's yeah? talk Go about, <clears throat> let's talk about Joyce Byers's Oh, of course. House. Why? Because throughout the season, every year, Every season, her house gets destroyed. <laughs> so this is the yes. first time that she completely destroys her house because she's speaking with Will through electricity. And yeah. she her house gets dem- demolished, basically, through everything. 
and Joe Carey gets beaten up. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> uh, Joy, uh, the buyer's house, and Joe Carey end up very bad in the first season, and it seems to be a pattern. <laughs> Yeah, it is a bit of a pattern, actually, I suppose. I mean, she does basically live in a cabin in the woods. Yeah, but she doesn't um, have to destroy it every time. <laughs> no, true. Well, she can't stop the mind flayer from ripping the roof off. I guess. She's off dealing with Russians at the fair, isn't she, when that happens? Yeah, it's just every um, every time. And in season four, <laughs> when that something happens again, it's like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, and it's a different house in season it's a four, different isn't it? house. Yeah, that's amazing, that scene. Yeah. But yeah, the house very much gets dis- d- destroyed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it always seems like uh, Steve Harrington ends up the worst every season. Like, he just ends up with doesn't, like... Because he, he throws himself into danger because yeah. he's an absolute hero. Yeah. He doesn't care about getting demolished. He wants to save Dustin and the rest yeah. of them. And he's yeah. just wonderful. Yeah. I love Steve Harrington. And at the end of this uh, chapter, season one, uh, Eleven and uh, Mike... Uh, much in love, but Eleven has disappeared. We think mm-hmm. she might be dead. Uh, Steve Harrington. So Nancy Wheeler clearly loves Jonathan, but she's back with Steve Harrington because he helped. Yes. Yes. But but when season two starts, she's with Jonathan, isn't she? No. Oh, is she not? Oh, no, she's not. Yeah, yeah. No, not no, yet. Not. Not. Yeah, so we end up like this. Papa is dead. Oh, Martin Brenner. Papa is by by end one. Are we are we spoiling it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, it's a full yeah. on spoiler. So yeah, uh, Papa, Papa yeah. dies. Will is back. Randall. Eleven is gone. Yeah. Papa is gone. Yeah. Uh, Nancy was, but is with Steve. We do see Hopper leave some egos in a box in the woods. Yes, what he leaves egos in the box in the woods. So maybe Eleven is not gone. Yeah, we don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Very then, good. Se- what did you think of season one? It's amazing. It's the second best season. It is the second best season. I want to yeah. know which one is your first best season. Well, we'll talk about it later when oh. we get to the end of this episode. Oh. Yeah, oh. so very good season. Very good start to a season. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it is perfect. It's incredible. It's so good. Um, and then we go to season two. Which, up top, I'll say, probably the bottom for me, season two. Yeah, not the best. Not the best. Still enjoyable. It's good, it's enjoyable, but it doesn't move things forwards enough. It's sort of, it feels like a greatest hits repeat of a lot of stuff that worked in season one. Mm. It does a good thing of introducing Max, who's a character that I adore. Yeah. Probably maybe my third favourite character behind uh, Hopper and Steve, or Steve and Hopper. Stephen yeah. Hopper, imagine him. Um, uh, and also introduces Billy. Uh, we introduced those two characters in the first episode of season two. Um, and we don't really find out until near the end of season two what, why they are the way they are. Max is very sort of socially awkward, doesn't really want to make friends, mm. uh, skateboarder, video gamer. And Billy is just a horrible shithead. Yeah, Billy, horrible. Who, all the women adore him because he has even better hair than Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, season two also opens on... So it, so it hit Netflix in October and it's set in Halloween. It kind of pushed the 80s thing a little bit quite far by having them dress up as the Ghostbusters Perfect for costumes. Halloween. 
Yes, yeah, they Perfect have costumes. Hollywood Hollywood production level costume. Yeah, yeah. For the kids there. <laughs> yeah. Um and it's sort of it the thing that I dislike the most about season two is it drags it does a thing a lot of TV does, and a thing that this show does over and over again in keeping characters separate just to because you want to have a big reunion moment, but really just let them be together. Like season four, I love season four, but it, it really suffers from that yeah. aspect. Um, but in this season, keeping Mike and Eleven apart for the entire season, it kind of makes Eleven feel quite detached from the rest of it, I thought. I yeah. Thought. Like her, yeah. her journey and her story in season two is really separate from everyone else's. Even Hopper, because she kind of ends up being separated from him for a while. Yeah. And I think that was, uh, I think that's the, because she's not with them. And I think together, I think the beauty about Stranger Things is together they thrive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it also, like, Stranger Things often, it, it gets gold out of unexpected character pairings, like Steve and Dustin in season yeah. two, which is one of the highlights. But they're not pairing Eleven with anyone in this. They're just, yeah. well, they pair her with various different people, but they're all sort of guest stars and things yes we'll talk about that in a few minutes um <laughs> yeah but the main the main thrust of season two is that there is a even more terrifying presence in the upside down uh called the mind flayer uh which uh, kind of manifests in the upside down as an enormous cloud spider? beast thing spider, spider shaped cloud. yeah yeah it is a spider i guess season four sort of confirms it's spidery because of events in season four um if you think about the jar Vecna's oh, okay. Jar. Yeah. I think that's what that's meant to be. Okay. Um, oh. But it, it kind yeah. of looks like, like other than the shape of it, it kind of looks physically like a huge swirling black cloud yeah. shaped into the shape of a spider. And it has formed a connection with Will, who is repeatedly being drawn into the Upside Down with visions. And yeah. through Will, it wants to manifest in the real world and take over the real world, etc. Yeah. So and it is a new... down to... yeah. Sorry. Go on. No, no, Korean. No, no. Well, it's down to our heroes to kind of fight yeah. back and stop um, yeah. the mind flayer from taking over hmm. Hawkins and the world. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, and and because of these um, these visions that he has, he goes to uh, the um, what's it called that place? Oh, Hawkins Lab. He goes to Hawkins Lab, and there's a new yes. doctor, Paul that... Reiser from Aliens. Yeah, and uh, you're answer. not really sure about him. And yeah, then, but he's wonderful. He's wonderful. <laughs> I love I love that he's good. It's so yeah. it's such a good twist that the, yeah. the mad doctor in this season is good. Yeah. And remains good up through season four. <sighs> yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> season four is the one with the feels. It's like, no. <laughs> um yeah, and and he goes and you think that maybe this doctor is trying to kind of use them or, you know, trick them, but he's just trying to help Will, who is having horrible um ptsd that's what they're calling mm. it but really is not he's connected to the upside down yeah, yeah. and uh, um another key cast member introduced for season two only season two is the goonies own sean astin yeah as um Joyce I was like, when i saw him i was like yeah <laughs> what's his character called in it i've forgotten What's his got, character called? It's called Bob Newby. Bob Newby. Yeah. Um, a very sweet man who knows yeah. about computers. Again, that you think he's just like the blandest of the bland, but <clears throat> by the end, he just becomes the hero. 
yeah, he steps up and saves the yeah. day. Yeah. Um, season two kind of all builds towards a big confrontation in Hawkins' lab, um, where another gate to the upside down is torn open by the mind flyer, and there's also a a network of tunnels linking Hawkins to the upside down underneath the town. Um, that they manage to draw. Will draws a map of these tunnels and. Hopper gets trapped in there at various yeah. points. And it all all of that to me feels a bit too reminiscent of stuff in season one. I thought it wasn't an mm. interesting enough idea to have this. Like Joyce's house covered in the map of the thing yeah. is just doing the fairy lights again. It's just let's cover Joyce's house in yeah. something again. It feels yeah. sort of like they're struggling to come up with a new twist on it um a little bit, which they dealt with like season three. It's very different. Yeah, but I don't know. But I, I enjoyed the season. It's not the best, but I, I enjoyed the fact that they reutilize some of the things before because it's it's not completely detached from yeah. the, what is happening. It's like the upside down is still kind of manifesting itself through will, let's say. And I think yeah. I quite like the fact they didn't make it too new because if not, it would have been... Yeah, I think it would have not... Uh, carried on so although it's not my favorite i think the the idea of like drawing the map and i i i liked it and the fact that then the spy the episode the spy where you know will is like Wah! becomes like the oh, mind yeah, flare yeah, because yeah. the mind flare um uh, is taking over his body is amazing and mm-hmm. and uh noah 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 Schnapp. Noah Schnapp. He's incredible. Like I think that's one of the highlights of season two is yeah. that he doesn't get much of a role to play in season one because he's no. missing for almost all of yeah. him. His kind of presence in season two is something that's that's pretty great. Yeah. Um, he has... It's, it's off topic, but his haircut in season four is yeah. quite unfortunate. I don't know why they did that to that poor woman. Oh, but I love it. I love it. <laughs> and and when when in I I think that's my probably my favorite episode because then he goes, "Oh, this is where you need to go." And yeah. then it's a lo- it's not him saying it. Yeah, and then yeah, you go, yeah. "Oh crap, it's a trap." Yep. They also mine a lot of good drama as well from season 2 from the fact that these these young people are going through puberty now and yeah. particularly Mike and Lucas are starting to recognise their interest in the opposite sex a little bit more, particularly yeah. Eleven and Max. Yeah. Whereas Dustin and especially Will are very much still wanting to just play Dungeons yeah. and Dragons in their rooms. And I think I think Will is a really interesting character where I think now they've there's been some confirmation about where his kind of sexuality lies and stuff through season four. But you yeah, could but, almost mm. in season in season two and three, I felt that you could almost view him as being almost a an attempt to portray someone as being asexual and identifying in that way. I feel like he's just because kids grow up in su- in such different ways, yeah, definitely, and in different times. And some kids are like you know find out about the opposite sex or the same sex or whatever mm-hmm. sooner. Than yeah. other kids when they go, oh, well, I just want to play Dungeons and Dragons, and I think it's perfect that Will is, and Dust, but Will is and Dustin for a little bit, are like that still yeah. because not all kids like the same things at the same time, <clears throat> and and 
I don't know. I feel like he still wants his friends. I think he's, even in season four, when you're not really sure, I think he just wants to have his friends and go back to the life they had before. Yeah, he's not well, having... I think in season four, it's fairly clear. Maybe. I don't know. Well, I, did, I didn't see him that dear that way, but maybe maybe we will find out more in We have season... found out more because the actors, Noah Schnapp has come out and said, yes, it's, this is exactly what it is. And oh, okay. It's, it's clear. Okay. Yeah. He's... Okay. Um, Okay. Good. Yeah. 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 There's a very good scene in season four where he's having a conversation with Mike and then just turns away and sort of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor young man. Poor um, young man. So, um, yeah. Se- season two also. So, Eleven's journey in season two. She She's living with Hopper, an amazing father daughter relationship kind of builds between them throughout season two and three um yeah that is sort of great to watch these two people who have lost you know hopper's lost a daughter eleven has never really had a strong father figure yeah seeing these two lost people find each other i think is one of the most strong emotional through lines of, of of the whole thing but she ends up leaving being removed from from them going on a journey to find out more about her own past um which is intermittently interesting occasionally but largely quite dull and a bit of an yeah. unfortunate use of Millie Bobby Brown's talents yeah. culminating in the penultimate episode of the season where she goes to Chicago to discover her younger sister or older sister uh, eight who um, confusingly unlike all of the other experimented on children that we meet in season four doesn't have the powers that Eleven has no. instead has some kind of a ability to make people see things yeah. that aren't there um, and she lives in a film and in, in something that would only exist in a movie she lives in a sort of warehouse with four or five other wayward people who are in a gang and they do something they kill people that yeah. have uh, connected to hawkins lab and so that this one episode has none of the regular characters other than 11 it's set entirely outside of hawkins in chicago and um, is universally sort of despised by the fan base. What did you think of When that I first episode? watched it, I didn't mind it because I was like, okay, um, <clears throat> Eleven's still trying to figure out her powers because she left Hawking's lab before she managed to realise exactly what her powers are, which then yeah. we'll find out why she doesn't really remember later on, much later on. And so in this episode... Um, her sister eight uh tells her how to use her powers and how to you know you have to think just about bad things or so whatever and her powers grow stronger so yeah. i didn't mind this episode but the more i watched the se- the se- the seasons the more i realized that because they, she never comes back eight yeah it was pointless like if yeah. eight had come back at some point to Hawkins or somewhere or another, then I would have liked the episode, but she's disappeared now. So for me, it's pointless. <laughs> so, because you said, oh, everybody, after I told you about the episode and I watched that episode and said, oh, everybody hates that episode. And I didn't really mind it. It's just the fact that they don't come back. So it was, it was just, yeah. it's just a, a, a one more episode to keep Mike and Eleven apart. But, and, yeah. The other issue of it beyond that is that the placement of it in the season, it comes just as 
everything has come to a head in Hawkins and you're ready for that final showdown. Yeah. And then, oh, you've got to spend an hour watching all this unconnected stuff happen, where really the only thing that happens that matters is Eleven gets, gets a goth makeover, which is great. Yeah. She looks great. I, yeah, that's pretty cool. But also she learns to control her powers a bit more, which, yeah. you know, it's it's... I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to do the bit in The Empire Strikes Back where Luke goes off to Dagobah and trains with Yoda and gets stronger and okay. then rejoins everyone else to go and fight on... Um, I guess. on um, In Cloud City or whatever. Yeah. But it doesn't it, it, it doesn't work because you're not getting to spend time with a fun little puppet in a swamp. You're having to spend time with an, <laughs> a, an idiot in a mohawk. Yeah. In a in a warehouse in Chicago, and it's just not interesting stuff. Um, it's a real pity. It's it's the one genuine misstep I think they've made yeah. uh, throughout all of Stranger Things. Is yeah, is um is that? But never mind, because she does come back, and one of the best episodes I've ever done is that finale of season two with the big battle at Hawkins Labs with all the demo dogs and yeah, uh, Bob Newby sacrificing himself um to rescue the others and. Uh, Hopper and Eleven going down in that lift to close the gate and yeah. Hopper fighting off all the demo dogs and yeah. climbing the walls. Oh, yeah. Eleven closes the gate. I mean, it's amazing stuff. And, um, yeah, I um, I I think season two is good, but it's the one that I, I have the least affection for. But yeah. I like all of it. I like all of the seasons. I don't think it's a bad season, but I think it's definitely... Rests on the laurels of season one to, for me just slightly too much and doesn't mm. move forwards enough. But, yeah, you know, introduces Max, which is great, and other, yeah. other stuff that's important. And it ends um, buff perfectly. It ends with a snowball. Yeah. Yes. What does it? How does it end with a snowball? The snowball. They're having a ball, and like Max and. Um, oh, I thought you meant like a yeah 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 no. the ball yeah the kiss and, and the they kiss all and get stuff. together and it's lovely. And in season two, there's the is it season two where is it? There's the amazing scene with Murray where they go, um, Jonathan and um, yeah, because Jonathan and Nancy are working at the newspaper together. Is that no, in no, that's season three. three. So in season two, Jonathan and Nancy go to Murray f- f- to. Kind of to like, kind of close, like to put Hawking's lab on, on, uh, they have to go there. Murray's introduced early in the season as a bit of a crackpot at the police station. Yeah. Insisting that there's. Yeah. And so they go to him to kind of tell the world about Hawking's lab and how bad it is. Mm. you know they send the letters but it doesn't matter yes. why they yeah, go yeah they send all the letters that's yeah, right, yeah. That's right. but they get drunk and then they go oh no we're just friends blah 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 and uh, so it, it kind of has the moment where Nancy's with Jonathan going to Murray's house and yeah. then uh, in that t- moment uh, Steve has done something bad towards Nancy I can't remember what and so he goes to Nancy's house but as he goes to Nancy's house to apologize uh, Dustin gets him and he goes let's go and that's when the friendship between Dusty, Dustin and Steve <coughs> start yeah which and is that's when strong. Nancy and Jonathan get together and then they're having breakfast and uh, he asks about the pullout bed. But instead of saying the pullout bed, it's like, how was the pullout? Because Dusty, eh, Jonathan and Nancy have a lovely encounter. We get it. Yeah. 
So I th- uh, that's why I think I like <clears throat> season two because also there's like an establishment of different groups, different loves, different, and um, yeah. Season three though. Yes. Uh, controversial season, bit of a marmite season. Loved by some, detested by others. Big change in tone. Came quite a while after season. So season two was twenty seventh October twenty seventeen. July 4th, 2019, so a full year, almost a year and a half later, yeah. or over a year and a half later, actually. Yeah. A big wait for season three. And um, it's the mall season. Yeah. A lot of it takes place in and around the new Starlight Mall that's open yeah. in Hawkins. Um, all the characters spend more time together in season three, which is what I love about it. Like, I really like season three. So I, I love like, season I, three. I, I really love it. Um. We see, so yeah, we see sort of Eleven and Mike are kind of happily together, but Hopper is struggling to deal <laughs> with um, Mike being over at his house so often. And um, Eleven sort of starts to become a little bit more independent and have her own opinions, and her and Max bond a lot in this season, which is lovely to see, um, reaching a point where Eleven dumps Mike's ass, which is a great scene. Yeah, at the ball. I dump your ass. I dump your ass. <laughs> um, and, and, and Max almost is a bit of a uh, um, bad influence on Eleven at times in this season where yeah. she, she encourages her to use her powers to spy on the boys and things. <laughs> yeah, oh, I love uh, that. <sighs> which is a really good scene. Yeah. Um, because the boys are having just a horrible 80s teenager-style conversation about girls and yeah. how, much, how little they understand them. Um. The main free line of the season itself is that there are, and I think this is the thing that people, it's a big tonal shift and it's very silly in a way because it's, it's this time rather than being about Hawkins Lab, it's about there being evil Russians mm-hmm. underneath Starlight Mall doing experiments on the Upside Down, trying to reopen the gate um, into the Upside Down and Steve stumbles upon this along with Lucas Lucas's younger sister, yeah, um, who's an interesting character, and newcomer, um, played by my Robin, played by Maya Hawke, um, who is perfect. You think she's been in it since season one? I think it like she fits in so well. Um, working in the ice cream parlor, scoops ahoy with Steve, and uh, Dustin, who rejoins Steve. So you've got you, yeah. you they split off into groups a little bit again this season, where you've got. Steve, Robin, Lucas's sister, whose name Erica. Erica and Dustin are kind of investigating the mall, finding their way underneath, um, into the uh, not the upside down, but just the the secret Russian base below the mall. Eleven, Mike and Lucas and Max end up kind of learning about the Mind Flayer's latest plan, which is to take over Billy initially. And mm. then through Billy, kill other people and absorb the physical yeah. matter into a kind of physical manifestation of the mind flayer, which ends up being this huge, disgusting mass of flesh. Um, and they kind of fight that. And then you've got Joyce and Hopper, who are sort of, after the tragic death of Bob Newby in season two, Joyce and Hopper are sort of doing a bit of a courting ritual, slowly deciding whether or not they're going to... I love their friendship. A lot of people really don't like Hopper in this season, though. They think he behaves like a real... He does behave pretty badly in times, like 
but it's a period of transition. Like he's gone yeah. from total nobody care. Like I don't care about anyone. I don't want to live. To then starting to care and having yeah. feelings and not knowing how to deal with them. No, he, like he I think he's perfect in this season because he's just like I don't know how to do this. I'll tell you what's perfect for him in this season is that Hawaiian shirt he wears. <laughs> I love that shirt he wears. Um, oh, we also get a minor character that's easily forgotten but very good is Carrie Elwes plays an amazing slimy mayor in this season who yes. is um, determined to get re-elected and is working with the Russians but doesn't really realise it, I don't think. He's just using them to get more political power yeah. uh, to run this 4th of July celebration um, and he's, he's, he's horrible and gross. Yeah. And yeah, so um, Joyce drags Hopper into an investigation as to why magnets keep falling off a fridge, which takes them back to Murray with um, a, a Russian who, that's a horrible, I hate that bit where the Russian man dies. He's so sweet. I know, I loved him. Yeah, they, they kidnap a Russian guy. They can't, they don't understand what he's saying. So they take him to Murray who helps translate and then really bonds with this guy and they all end up yeah. in the fair together and they get they tell Murray to stay in the car with the guy but he's like we should we you need to go and taste a corn dog. Yeah. And they go and get corn dogs and then one of the bad Russians finds them and uh, murders this poor Russian man. Um and Murray is obviously distraught and it's just it's just horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then yeah all culminates in the battle of Starlight Mall uh, yeah. where the mind flayer arrives um to attack the gang while Steve, Robin, Dustin and Eric are all escaping from um from the Russians below the surface and mm. Eleven has to use more of her powers than ever before to the point yeah. where she loses them. Yeah. A great season. I love this season. <sighs> Me the too. Only, the only bad thing in this season is Dustin's girlfriend. I guess, like, there's that, that moment where, you know... They sing the never-ending story song. Yeah. It's very bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's very silly. But, yeah, I think I th- I love this season. I, I love the fact that they're all together and they're all doing things um, and they're, you know, it's a bit lighter, maybe. I like that, though. I like the and lighter think, tone in this yeah. season. And, the, the, and all the clothes are very bright. And yeah. It takes that... That's, 80s as you go further into the 80s and that aesthetic was bigger yeah. and bigger getting towards the 90s kind of styles um yeah. i really enjoy that uh, that aspect of it well like when yeah. when max and 11 go shopping in the mall is a very yeah. fun oh, scene. i love that yeah. and i i really like the new group dustin steve erica and robin i think it works really well because you know erica's so annoying at the beginning and you yeah. go oh. but then she becomes one of the main characters and you kind of really start loving her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you really do. And uh and when Steve Harrington and uh Robin are, are like drugged up. <laughs> That's so wonderful. All the scenes of them drugged up after being interrogated by the Russians and Steve's <laughs> trying to tell Robin that he loves her and Robin's trying to work out how to tell Steve that she's gay. Not into him or into guys. <laughs> um is 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 really nice. Um, yeah and i just and then you know it shouldn't be it should just be the standard now for for stuff but the fact that when steve finds it out he still he still loves robin for as a you know do you know what i mean he doesn't yeah. kind of react badly to finding out like yeah. he's such a good guy he doesn't yeah oh, i love i love all of it i love robin i love steve yeah um the scene at the end where they're trying to get a job in the video shop is is great yeah but 
Steve says his favourite film is, what is it, Fast Times at Richmond High or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i I, I, lo- I love i love the in this one it's just su- such a homage to the 80s yeah and it's such like a love letter to the 80s and to but also uh there's also a bit of a like a, um, a political thing about moles stopping small businesses from being open yeah and there's changing. a few scenes at Joyce's work where there's yeah. shops struggling because of the mall and things yeah and so it kind of shows like the, the the rise of capitalism and real true capitalism in the 80s and how these uh, malls changed the structure of a city so I really enjoyed that of this and it's just it's just after two series where you're kind of like ah. Oh, this is kind of like a nice, nice break, but yeah. there's lots, lots of still, lots of stuff happens. You know, um, Eleven gets bitten by this horrible, uh, by uh, by what does she get bitten by? I don't remember her getting bitten. Um, yeah, she gets bitten, and then they have to squeeze the thing out of her leg with heat. Oh yeah, I can't remember what it is. It's like, is it is it a sort of tentacle thing from the mind? Yeah, thing yeah, what? something like that. And she gets bitten, and uh, you know they, she's classic. You know Max and Lucas kind of are together, not together. Uh, and there's also like those kind of things of boys and girls at this age, kind of really light and fairy and lovely and yeah. Also, there's still great, like, there's a very good, tense, scary scene of them attempting to trap Billy in the sauna to see if he is yes. being controlled by the Mind Flayer and when he's breaking out and then he fights Eleven. Yeah. That's that's a great action sequence. Yes. That's a really great, tense, yes. scary scene of yes. Billy. And then Billy ends up making cuts kind of, you know, he doesn't come good necessarily. He's still not a nice guy, but it, you end up feeling for him when he yeah. ends up making the ultimate sacrifice and, and, and dying. In a way that really impacts on Max in a big way, which doesn't surprise isn't surprising, but you see a lot of that play out in season four. Yeah, uh, her kind of response yeah. to his death. And uh, yeah, and then Steve is uh, broken; his face is broken again, and uh, Joyce's house is uh, hasn't got a roof. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because <laughs> they're going to move to California. So. so yeah, again, like in the third season, uh, it ends uh, very similarly, mm-hmm. and. Um, but yeah, I, and what I told you, one thing that I liked through the first three seasons is like the last, the last moment is always nice. Everything has turned out to be okay. You know, mm-hmm. everybody's happy and everybody's together. And um, uh, yeah, I just, I really love this season. I think it's yeah. really good. It is. Yeah. And so, so I didn't realise people didn't really like it. No, it's there's it's definitely a contra- it's it's a mixed one. Some people really didn't like it because they felt like it just lost too much of the tone of the first two seasons. But I like that. I like that it changes the tone up a bit and and is is different and gives you a different flavor um, of Hawkins. Definitely, I think. Yeah. I think definitely. Um, and I think it's still scary. Like some of those scenes with Billy, where he's killing. Um, that the newspaper editor, oh. all, all those scenes of, of Jonathan and Nancy working in a newspaper are horrible, by the way. Like the oh. way Nancy gets treated by those people is just horrible. Awful. Yeah. Um, Gary Busey's son, Jake Busey, plays one of those uh, reporters. Ah, uh, that's why I thought he yeah. looked. He, well, he uh, looks just like Gary like, Busey. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, just a little <laughs> bit uglier in that scene, in that in those scenes because he's an ass bag. Yeah, he is awful. Yeah. Um, 
Um, and yeah, like the mind flayer, like it's pretty some terrifying stuff. It, you know, the, the, yeah. So yeah, good, a good season. Um, and then of course it was a big long wait from 2019 to 2022 for season four, which we will wow. be discussing in more detail next time. Yeah. Yeah. But based on the first three seasons, what, what would be your ranking of them? Uh, probably three, one, two. Interesting. Mine would be uh one three two. Mm. And if you remember earlier, I said that season one is the second best. You can probably guess what my uh, mm. what I, what I think of season four. Um, I guess. Well, out of the three, yeah, three three one two. I think. Yeah. I think the thing is, three and one for me are very close together because I love yeah, them it, both. Yeah, for me it's one, three, and then a bit of a gap, and then two. Yeah, because it's just, they're so good, and I yeah, think and so it, it kind of got the essence of the friendship again, mm-hmm. Um, and them being together, but also them falling apart because of, you know, girls. <laughs> girls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but then season four is a different is a different world. Oh, season four, get ready to talk about Eddie. Get ready to talk about Vecna. Get ready to talk about Kate no, Bush. Let's not, no, let's talk about Eddie. Have you seen what they did to him? I think his name is Jonathan Quinn. Yeah, or Joe Quinn or Jonathan Joe Quinn. Quinn. Joe Quinn. I, I think, yeah, Joe Quinn. What have they done to him? Well, no, no, like, they, they, I think something happened and it was at a meet and greet. And then the organisers of the meeting group said, you're spending too much time with people, you need to move on, and he wouldn't move. And then somebody at the, at the convention that said, you know, I just wanted to thank you for spending time with us, even if you were treated badly by the organisers. Oh, I did see something like that. And this, then he yeah. cried. Oh, he seemed like, like a really... Nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, talk about him more later in his Metallica guitar playing uh, antics. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Like season, f- I don't think you can even rank. Like I think season four is just a, is just um, it's yeah. just a world apart. In, Can't wait to go through that season. It's so in, good. Uh, yeah, but um, it's just it's just a great show, and you know I could talk to you for another hour about it or more, just to kind of like little things that I. Give me your three favourite characters. Uh, You already asked me. I have no idea. Like, I... Well, Steve Harrington, definitely. Uh, And then... (sighs) I think it depends also on the season. But Steve Harrington, all three seasons... Yep. Four. Is probably my fave. And then... I quite... I like Jim, well, Jim Hopper as well in yeah. everywhere because I think he's the best. He's amazing and he makes such a transformation throughout the the um, uh, the series. He's incredible. Um, yeah. I don't know because I love them. <laughs> like I Dustin mean- is amazing. <clears throat> like I love yeah, Dustin. Dustin is great. Yeah, so you can't do because I think I think also what I what I love about it is just everybody changes and evolves and they are in different groups. They are 
different dynamics. I, and that's what I like about it because every season is kind of different. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, for example, Nancy Wheeler in the last season, OMG. Yes, big um, Sigourney Weaver in Alien Vibes. From I was like, I had my hands, I was just like, duh, oh my, so I love her in season four. I think that's the season where she shines. Yeah. And although she always shines at the end of every season, I think that is just like incredible. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, and uh, I, Eleven, I really liked the first season of Eleven. I liked her in the fourth, but in, in between, maybe in the third, but in the second, I was just like, she was, she, maybe because there was, she was always alone, basically. Yeah, yeah, definitely didn't serve yeah. so well on that. Uh, I think I'd agree with you that Steve and Hopper are the two big ones, and then yeah. Robin and Max would be two others that I, I yeah. really particularly like. Oh, Max, though, like in, in the... <laughs> my yeah. my favourite scene in all of Stranger Things involves Max... Um, and it's 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 yeah. Great. There's an episode that we're going to talk about it last, next yeah. week. But episode you, four, of season four. Yeah, you said it's the best episode, and I was like, okay, I'll watch it. And then I was like, oh my god, it is the best episode. <laughs> yep. Yes, it is. Yeah, I, I do, I do, I do have a soft spot for Karen Wheeler. Oh yeah, she's um, Mama Wheeler. Yeah, season three gets she gets a lot of playing season three, doesn't she, at the pool? Yeah, and I do like that. I do like a yeah. little bit of a sexy mum. Yeah, she's pretty. She's pretty good. Um, <laughs> whereas um, her husband is one of the wettest characters ever to appear. <laughs> I love that. I love the fact that she's just married. <laughs> like she's very beautiful, and she she has raised her children well, and she seems to be a very good housewife. And yeah. her husband is just dull. Just a yeah. big grey blob sat in a chair. But yeah, um, no, it's a, I'm glad I watched it because I think it's a great, great uh, show. And and yeah. And I love the fact that not many people die and I think that's important to carry on yeah. the magic. Barbara died though. Yeah. Barbara died. Um, yeah, yeah. They definitely, it's get, I think there'll be some people dying in the next season, I imagine, which is the last season. So. I hope not, though, because I, I, I kind of like the idea of them keeping them alive and keep, like, kind of 80s children's adventure things, you know? Mm-hmm. Let's not go too much. Let's, let's just keep them alive. Let them well, fight. Let them get broken like Steve Harrington. Let, let them, you know, but keep them alive. Yeah, let's wait and see what's happened. What becomes of Max in season five as well? Because yeah. that's pretty rotten. Yeah, and so and Eddie. Oh yeah, that's so. Him. That's our big. That's our big season four. No, sorry, season one, two, and three. We rewind. Um, I hope you've enjoyed your time with us. Um, we we love it, and we can't wait to talk to you about season four in a couple of weeks' time. Please come back to us for that. Um, do you have any big recommendations from your culture catch-up this week, Alex? Uh, Atlanta season three, excellent, excellent season. Nice. And I would recommend The Boys on Amazon Prime, if you haven't watched it yet, and the video game Power Wash Simulator, which is a, a very relaxing time. Um, please do let us know what you think of what we're doing. Give us any recommendations for stuff to watch or lists to do. 
Uh, you can find all the contact details for us in the show notes for this and every episode, along with links to all our social media channels. We're mainly active on Instagram. Um, and please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and anywhere else you can review podcasts and get the word out about us. We'd really appreciate it. Um, it would be great to have more people involved in listening. And um, we can't wait to see you again in the future. Thank you so much. Love you. Thank you.